Section 2 of the Atomic Bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. THE ATOMIC BOMBINGS OF HIROSHIMA AND NAGASAKI By the Manhattan Engineer District, June 29, 1946 Section 2 Including The Selection of the Target Description of the Cities Before the Bombings Hiroshima, Nagasaki The Attacks Hiroshima, Nagasaki GENERAL COMPARISON OF HIROSHIMA AND NAGASAKI THE SELECTION OF THE TARGET Some of the most frequent queries concerning the atomic bombs are those dealing with the selection of the targets and the decision as to when the bombs would be used. The approximate date for the first use of the bomb was set in the fall of 1942 after the Army had taken over the direction of and responsibility for the atomic bomb project. At that time, under the scientific assumptions which turned out to be correct, the summer of 1945 was named as the most likely date when sufficient production would have been achieved to make it possible, actually, to construct and utilize an atomic bomb. It was essential before this time to develop the technique of constructing and detonating the bomb and to make an almost infinite number of scientific and engineering developments and tests. Between the fall of 1942 and June 1945, the estimated probabilities of success had risen from about 60% to above 90%. However, not until July 16, 1945, when the first full-scale test took place in New Mexico, was it conclusively proven that the theories, calculations, and engineering were correct, and that the bomb would be successful. The test in New Mexico was held six days after sufficient material had become available for the first bomb. The Hiroshima bomb was ready, awaiting suitable weather, on July 31st, and the Nagasaki bomb was used as soon after the Hiroshima bomb as it was practicable to operate the second mission. The work on the actual selection of targets for the atomic bomb was begun in the spring of 1945. This was done in close cooperation with the commanding general, Army Air Forces, and his headquarters. A number of experts in various fields assisted in the study. These included mathematicians, theoretical physicists, experts on the blast effects of bombs, weather consultants, and various other specialists. Some of the important considerations were a. The range of the aircraft which would carry the bomb, b. The desirability of visual bombing in order to ensure the most effective use of the bomb. c. Probable weather conditions in the target areas. d. 
importance of having one primary and two secondary targets for each mission, so that if weather conditions prohibited bombing the target, there would be at least two alternates. E. Selection of targets to produce the greatest military effect on the Japanese people, and thereby most effectively shorten the war. F. The morale effect upon the enemy. These led in turn to the following. A. Since the atomic bomb was expected to produce its greatest amount of damage by primary blast effect, and next greatest by fires, the targets should contain a large percentage of closely built frame buildings and other construction that would be most susceptible to damage by blast and fire. B. The maximum blast effect of the bomb was calculated to extend over an area of approximately one mile in radius. Therefore, the selected targets should contain a densely built-up area of at least this size. C. The selected targets should have a high military strategic value. D. The first target should be relatively untouched by previous bombing, in order that the effect of a single atomic bomb could be determined. The weather records showed that for five years there had never been two successive good visual bombing days over Tokyo, indicating what might be expected over other targets in the home islands. The worst month of the year for visual bombing was believed to be June, after which the weather should improve slightly during July and August, and then become worse again during September. Since good bombing conditions would occur rarely, the most intense plans and preparations were necessary in order to secure accurate weather forecasts and to arrange for full utilization of whatever good weather might occur. It was also very desirable to start the raids before September. Description of the cities before the bombings Hiroshima The city of Hiroshima is located on the broad, flat delta of the Ota River, which has seven channel outlets dividing the city into six islands, which project into Hiroshima Bay. The city is almost entirely flat and only slightly above sea level. To the northwest and northeast of the city, some hills rise to 700 feet. A single hill in the eastern part of the city proper, about one-half mile long and 221 feet in height, interrupted to some extent the spreading of the blast damage. Otherwise, the city was fully exposed to the bomb. Of a city area of over 26 square miles, only seven square miles were completely built up. There was no marked separation of commercial, industrial, and residential zones. Seventy-five percent of the population was concentrated in the densely built-up area in the center of the city. Hiroshima was a city of considerable military importance. It contained the Second Army Headquarters, which commanded the defense of all of southern Japan. 
The city was a communications center, a storage point, and an assembly area for troops. To quote a Japanese report, quote, Probably more than a thousand times since the beginning of the war did the Hiroshima citizens see off with cries of Banzai, the troops leaving from the harbor. Close quote. The center of the city contained a number of reinforced concrete buildings, as well as lighter structures. Outside the center, the area was congested by a dense collection of small wooden workshops set among Japanese houses. A few larger industrial plants lay near the outskirts of the city. The houses were of wooden construction, with tile roofs. Many of the industrial buildings also were of wood frame construction. The city, as a whole, was highly susceptible to fire damage. Some of the reinforced concrete buildings were of a far stronger construction than is required by normal standards in America because of the earthquake danger in Japan. This exceptionally strong construction undoubtedly accounted for the fact that the framework of some of the buildings which were fairly close to the center of damage in the city did not collapse. The population of Hiroshima had reached a peak of over 380,000 earlier in the war, but prior to the atomic bombing, the population had steadily decreased because of a systematic evacuation ordered by the Japanese government. At the time of the attack, the population was approximately 255,000. This figure is based on the registered population used by the Japanese in computing ration quantities, and the estimates of additional workers and troops who were brought into the city may not be highly accurate. Hiroshima thus had approximately the same number of people as the city of Providence, Rhode Island, or Dallas, Texas. Nagasaki Nagasaki lies at the head of a long bay which forms the best natural harbor on the southern Japanese home island of Kyushu. The main commercial and residential area of the city lies on a small plain near the end of the bay. Two rivers, divided by a mountain spur, form the two main valleys in which the city lies. This mountain spur and the irregular layout of the city tremendously reduced the area of destruction, so that, at first glance, Nagasaki appeared to have been less devastated than Hiroshima. The heavily built-up area of the city is confined by the terrain to less than four square miles, out of a total of about thirty-five square miles in the city as a whole. The city of Nagasaki had been one of the largest seaports in southern Japan, and was of great wartime importance, because of its many and varied industries, including the production of ordnance, ships, military equipment, and other war materials. The narrow, long strip attacked was of particular importance because of its industries. In contrast to many modern aspects of Nagasaki, 
the residences almost without exception were of flimsy typical japanese construction consisting of wood or wood frame buildings with wood walls with or without plaster and tile roofs many of the smaller industries and business establishments were also housed in wooden buildings or flimsily built masonry buildings nagasaki had been permitted to grow for many years without conforming to any definite city zoning plan and therefore residences were constructed adjacent to factory buildings and to each other almost as close as it was possible to build them throughout the entire industrial valley the attacks hiroshima hiroshima was the primary target of the first atomic bomb mission the mission went smoothly in every respect the weather was good and the crew and equipment functioned perfectly in every detail the attack was carried out exactly as planned and the bomb performed exactly as expected the bomb exploded over hiroshima at eight fifteen on the morning of august sixth nineteen forty five about an hour previously the japanese early warning radar net had detected the approach of some american aircraft headed for the southern part of japan the alert had been given and radio broadcasting stopped in many cities among them hiroshima the planes approached the coast at a very high altitude at nearly eight a m the radar operator in hiroshima determined that the number of planes coming in was very small probably not more than three and the air raid alert was lifted the normal radio broadcast warning was given to the people that it might be advisable to go to shelter if b-29s were actually sighted but no raid was expected beyond some sort of reconnaissance at eight fifteen a m the bomb exploded with a blinding flash in the sky and a great rush of air and a loud rumble of noise extended for many miles around the city the first blast was soon followed by the sounds of falling buildings and of growing fires and a great cloud of dust and smoke began to cast a pall of darkness over the city at eight sixteen a m the tokyo control operator of the japanese broadcasting corporation noticed that the hiroshima station had gone off the air he tried to use another telephone line to re-establish his program but it too had failed about twenty minutes later the tokyo railroad telegraph center realized that the main line telegraph had stopped working just north of Hiroshima. From some small railway stops within ten miles of the city, there came unofficial and confused reports of a terrible explosion in Hiroshima. All these reports were transmitted to the headquarters of the Japanese general staff. Military headquarters repeatedly tried to call the army control station in Hiroshima. The complete silence from that city puzzled the men at headquarters. They knew that no large enemy raid could have occurred, 
and they knew that no sizable store of explosives was in Hiroshima at that time. A young officer of the Japanese general staff was instructed to fly immediately to Hiroshima, to land, survey the damage, and return to Tokyo with reliable information for the staff. It was generally felt at headquarters that nothing serious had taken place, that it was all a terrible rumor starting from a few sparks of truth. The staff officer went to the airport and took off for the southwest. After flying for about three hours, while still nearly one hundred miles from Hiroshima, he and his pilot saw a great cloud of smoke from the bomb. In the bright afternoon, the remains of Hiroshima were burning. Their plane soon reached the city, around which they circled in disbelief. A great scar on the land, still burning, and covered by a heavy cloud of smoke, was all that was left of a great city. They landed south of the city, and the staff officer immediately began to organize relief measures after reporting to Tokyo. Tokyo's first knowledge of what had really caused the disaster came from the White House public announcement in Washington, sixteen hours after Hiroshima had been hit by the atomic bomb. Nagasaki Nagasaki had never been subjected to large-scale bombing prior to the explosion of the atomic bomb there. On August 1, 1945, however, a number of high-explosive bombs were dropped on the city. A few of these bombs hit in the shipyards and dock areas in the southwest portion of the city. Several of the bombs hit the Mitsubishi Steel and Arms Works, and six bombs landed at the Nagasaki Medical School and Hospital, with three direct hits on buildings there. While the damage from these few bombs were relatively small, it created considerable concern in Nagasaki, and a number of people, principally school children, were evacuated to rural areas for safety, thus reducing the population in the city at the time of the atomic attack. On the morning of August ninth, 1945, at about 7.50 a.m., Japanese time, an air raid alert was sounded in Nagasaki, but the all-clear signal was given at 8.30, when only two B-29 superfortresses were sighted at 10.53, the Japanese apparently assumed that the planes were only on reconnaissance and no further alarm was given. A few moments later, at 11 o'clock, the observation B-29 dropped instruments attached to three parachutes, and at 11.02, the other plane released the atomic bomb. The bomb exploded high over the industrial valley of Nagasaki, almost midway between the Mitsubishi Steel and Arm Works in the south, and the Mitsubishi Urakami Ordnance Works, torpedo works in the north, the two principal targets of the city. 
Despite its extreme importance, the first bombing mission on Hiroshima had been almost routine. The second mission was not so uneventful. Again, the crew was specially trained and selected, but bad weather introduced some momentous complications. These complications are best described in the brief account of the mission's weaponeer, Commander, now Captain, F. L. Ashworth, U.S.N., who was in technical command of the bomb and was charged with the responsibility of ensuring that the bomb was successfully dropped at the proper time and on the designated target. His narrative runs as follows, quote, the night of our takeoff was one of tropical rain squalls, and flashes of lightning stabbed into the darkness with disconcerting regularity. The weather forecast told us of storms all the way from the Marianas to the Empire. Our rendezvous was to be off the southeast coast of Kyushu, some 1,500 miles away. There we were to join with our two companion observation B-29s that took off a few minutes behind us. Skillful piloting and expert navigation brought us to the rendezvous without incident. About five minutes after our arrival, we were joined by the first of our B-29s. The second, however, failed to arrive, having apparently been thrown off its course by storms during the night. We waited thirty minutes, and then proceeded without the second plane, toward the target area. During the approach to the target, the special instruments installed in the plane told us that the bomb was ready to function. We were prepared to drop the second atomic bomb on Japan. But fate was against us, for the target was completely obscured by smoke and haze. Three times we attempted bombing runs, but without success. Then, with anti-aircraft fire bursting around us, and with a number of enemy fighters coming up after us, we headed for our secondary target, Nagasaki. The bomb burst with a blinding flash, and a huge column of black smoke swirled up toward us. Out of this column of smoke there boiled a great swirling mushroom of gray smoke, luminous with red flashing flame that reached to 40,000 feet in less than eight minutes. Below, through the clouds, we could see the pall of black smoke ringed with fire that covered what had been the industrial area of Nagasaki. By this time our fuel supply was dangerously low, so after one quick circle of Nagasaki, we headed direct for Okinawa for an emergency landing and refueling. Close quote. General Comparison of Hiroshima and Nagasaki It was not at first apparent to even trained observers visiting the two Japanese cities, which of the two bombs had been the most effective. In some respects, Hiroshima looked worse than Nagasaki. The fire damage in Hiroshima was much more complete. 
The center of the city was hit, and everything but the reinforced concrete buildings had virtually disappeared. A desert of clear-swept, charred remains, with only a few strong building frames left standing, was a terrifying sight. At Nagasaki there were no buildings just underneath the center of explosion. The damage to the Mitsubishi armworks and the torpedo works was spectacular, but not overwhelming. There was something left to see, and the main contours of some of the buildings were still normal. An observer could stand in the center of Hiroshima and get a view of most of the city. The hills prevented a similar overall view in Nagasaki. Hiroshima impressed itself on one's mind as a vast expanse of desolation. But nothing as vivid was left in one's memory of Nagasaki. When the observers began to note details, however, striking differences appeared. Trees were down in both cities, but the large trees which fell in Hiroshima were uprooted, while those in Nagasaki were actually snapped off. A few reinforced concrete buildings were smashed at the center in Hiroshima, but in Nagasaki equally heavy damage could be found 2,300 feet from X. In the study of objects which gave definite clues to the blast pressure, such as squashed tin cans, dished metal plates, bent or snapped poles, and like, it was soon evident that the Nagasaki bomb had been much more effective than the Hiroshima bomb. In the description of damage which follows, it will be noted that the radius for the amount of damage was greater in Nagasaki than Hiroshima. End of Section 2 of the Atomic Bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki